Welcome to Postscript Season 2. My name is Dave Severns, and here with me today is Paul Eastwood. Hey. How you doing, Paul? I'm good. Good to be back. I'm really glad to be uh, getting back into these. Yeah, this is great. For those of you who are just joining in, um, we get together every week after the sermon, and we talk a little bit about what what we learned on Sunday together, and we kind of try to unpack a little bit. Usually it's me and, and Paul, but whoever preached, or sometimes yeah. we've got special guests in. Um, and we're going to jump back in this September. These will be up weekly. These are about 20 minutes long. Great thing to listen to on your commute or uh, if you you know can't sleep some night. Yeah. Um, hopefully helpful in your journey in following Jesus. So. Yeah, we want this to take the conversation and take the discussion further. You know, what happens yeah. on Sunday is a moment, but uh, oftentimes we don't get a chance to reflect on it. So this is that opportunity. Absolutely. So... That being said, let's uh, let's dive in. What are we doing this year, Paul? Do you want to give us a little bit of a, a big picture of what the year looks like, and then then we can dive into this last Sunday specifically? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So we've been focusing on different areas of commitment that are all related to this vision that we have as a church, that we want everyone to be so impacted by the relationship with Jesus that they are compelled to live differently, mm. and living differently shows up in a couple of different ways. So we've talked about some different areas of commitment, and this year our focus is on what we describe as living intentionally. Nice. And we just want all of our people here at Compass Point to recognize that, you know, God is doing something big and we have an opportunity to join with him in that activity. Hmm. And so for us, uh, we just want to invite people to engage with God's plan and his uh, mission to renew the world. And and what we've been talking about, we've been put it into these three main categories. We want to everyone to, to join with God in his grander mission uh, to renew the world by becoming hospitable, selfless, and bold. Yeah. And in order for us to really wrap our heads around these three ideas, we've developed these questions that we're going to be asking ourselves over and over again. Yep. And the first one is, am I deliberately opening my life and home to people I don't yet know? Mm. Secondly, we're going to ask, am I serving people I see regularly in costly and personal ways? And then third, we're going to ask the question, am I taking every opportunity to lovingly share the good news of Jesus? And so on Sunday, we had this opportunity to, to start digging into a little bit more about this question. Am I deliberately opening my life and home to people I don't yet know? Hmm. And uh, we had this great passage that reminded us of a moment where Jesus, one of the things I find so fascinating about the way that Jesus taught is he often used opportunities to really share the good news. And one of those opportunities that he used over and over again was a meal. And he would have meals, sit down with people, talk to them. And there's something absolutely phenomenal about this idea of sharing a meal with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus did it all the time. I mean, we, we talked last year a bit on this podcast. I, I've been fascinated for a while with this idea that God made us to eat um, and he made us to eat facing each other, right? Where most of his other creatures eat with their faces down, looking at their food. We actually eat facing each other. And, yeah. and we know um, even culturally, you know, in, in our Western world, there's something significant about a meal. Uh, and I yeah. think that's been true of all people in all cultures and all times. Yeah. And one of the things I said on Sunday is that I feel like it's like the great equalizer. Yeah. And this was something I didn't really realize before. But like you said, we're all made to eat. We need to eat. None of us can just get by by, you know, not eating. And what ends up happening when we get together to share a meal together is we come from our different backgrounds and we share a common experience mm -hmm. that we all need. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're a doctor and you're saving lives in an operating room you know, during the week or you're building tables or you are waiting on tables or you are you know, serving at McDonald's or you're a lawyer or you know, whatever your responsibility is in life, whatever the skill set that you have, your CEO, anything like that, yep. um, stay at home mom, whatever it is, 
you come back around the table with other people and you share that common experience and everybody's at the same level. Yeah. And it's an opportunity just to have dialogue and talk. Yeah, it, it's something in our lives, uh, especially today when so much is becoming digital. You can't, you can't replace food with a digital version of it, right? No, that's true. We can have conversations online, we can work remotely, but you can't not eat. No. Um, you have to do it, which is, uh, yeah, again, this opportunity. And I love we're exploring these these moments that Jesus had around tables with other people right. and what he had to say about the gospel and, and right. the kingdom and the truth of who he is. Um, right. I'm so excited about this. Uh, I know. And so, and it, it really is something that's hit me uh, a lot as we've been talking about this. And, you know, and Dave, you've really helped me think about this idea of hospitality. I know it's something that's close and dear to your heart as mm-hmm. well. And And the passage that we looked at this week was really the introductory. So in the book of Luke, there are more than, I think, 10 places where Jesus sits down and has a meal with someone, whether it's actually described specifically or it's implied by what was happening in the moment. Yeah. But he would sit down with people and have these conversations. The first time this happens is in Luke chapter 5, when we find him uh, calling this this guy to be one of his followers, Levi, who's also known as Matthew. Mm-hmm. He was a tax collector and, you know, he was the scum of the earth, the lowest of the low, one of those, you know, dudes you just wouldn't want to hang out with. Yeah. And yet Jesus says, hey, I want you to be one of my followers. And mm-hmm. Matthew's response is, well, I got to I gotta invite other people to find out about this guy. And so he mm-hmm. throws a party and yeah. he, it's a big dinner banquet, invites all of his friends who happened to be pretty scummy people too, because he was, and yep. that's all the people that he knows. And so he ends up bringing all these people together, and then Jesus is the guest of honor. And and so what we see here is the first time that Jesus sits down with people, it's actually, he sits down with people that you would least expect them to sit down with. Hmm. And it reminds me of something I think that's really important about hospitality. One of the things I recognize is that hospitality is not fellowship. Fellowship is, you know, good friends sitting down, share a meal together because, you know, they care about each other. They want to, you know, yeah, help each other yeah, in a, life. And it's a classic kind of churchy world. We're going right. to have some fellowship together, right? right? right. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, and what that means, and I think what it means is people that are like each other, that are, that are just sitting down to kind of get to know each other better or those kinds of things. Sure. Hospitality in the biblical sense is about uh, inviting and welcoming the stranger mm-hmm. and specifically the stranger. And, yeah. and the Bible talks about this a lot. And the reason it's so important is because we were welcomed as strangers by Jesus. Yeah. So it's a picture of the gospel when we sit down with people who are not like us. Yeah. And it's an example. It's a reminder. This is what Jesus did. When he came into this world, he sat down with people who were not like him mm-hmm. and invited them into this new life. And so we're told to do the same. Yeah. And it's 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 pretty amazing. So let's. I mean, this is this is great theologically. I'm I'm right there. I know we practically can, we can geek out on this oh, for man. a long time. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's hard, right? And I, I still think in our culture, um, we're not we're not even particularly good at fellowship or community or no. or spending time face to face. I mean, even you look at stats around how often families eat meals together. So yeah. many of the, the parenting experts these days just say, "Oh, if you can three times a week get everyone around the dinner table, yeah. you're winning." If we're struggling to get there with the people who we live in the same house with, right. how do we, how do we find the time? How do we build up the nerve to invite the stranger in? What is that like? Are there are there intermediate steps that we can take, or is it just kind of like 
yeah. find someone on the street and invite them over for dinner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a good question, and I would I would separate as we've said the two the two things, mm-hmm. but I think. What I would say is that we have an opportunity to invite people into something that we're doing already. Sure. So um, when we show hospitality to people who are, you know, maybe it's someone, you know, on our street or or whatever, we engage our whole family in this process. Yeah. So our our kids are, pro- are are displaying hospitality, and others who are in the room who are sort of forced to be there because yeah. they, you know, just happen to live under that roof. <laughs> sure. But but you asked a really good question. So how do we how do we get there? The first thing I would say is that is that is that I think that there are a lot of things that we watch Jesus do in the Bible, and mm-hmm. we are such big fans. We're like, this is awesome. Go, Jesus, you know, reaching out to people who are not like him. Awesome job, man, sitting down with the sinners. This is great. This is who Jesus is. But then when it comes to putting it into our practice in our own life, we think, yeah, I'm not there. Like, yeah. I mean, what if they're dangerous? Yeah. Like, what if they, what if, what if the, what they're doing rubs off on me? What if their, you know, bad behavior is going to make me, Mm-hmm. behave poorly what if they influence my children what, what if, if they, they yeah. yeah totally all those things and so so one of the things that i talked about on sunday is i think a, a way to begin this process really practically is change the way we look at people hmm. because we look at people so often through the eyes of a judge or through the eyes of competitors or even through as we've talked a little bit about these the eyes of people who are fearful yep. and and we start to see people in a completely different way most of the time when we look at other people, I'll give you an example. If you, um, we, we are naturally selfish people. When yep. we flip through a, a, a whole bunch of pictures and you, you know, when you're flipping through, if, if I'm not looking at you and I see you going through a bunch of family photos and you're moving through quickly and then you stop at one, chances are you're looking at a picture of yourself, hmm. right? So we naturally are drawn to, what does this tell me about me? So oftentimes when we look at other people, we look at other people with the purpose of finding something out about ourselves. Sure. So I look at somebody else who might be struggling in a certain way. And even if I'm a nice guy and I don't say it out loud, there's a part of me that's like, I'm glad I'm not like that person. Or I'm glad that I somehow avoided those poor decisions. Or I'm better than that person because of this or this or this. And that's the dark, ugly side of what's going on in a lot of our lives yeah. and in our minds, um, whether we want to admit it or not sometimes. Yeah, and we, we view, I mean, I just think of, um, I don't know why, but lately I've been noticing more bad drivers, right? When <laughs> right. you're out driving, you're like, oh man, no one knows how to drive these people. They just don't know what they're doing. Right. And then when I make a mistake, I'm like, oh, you know, it was an accident. It's yeah. fine, right? But totally. it's so easy to, to judge the other right. and to, to be gracious with ourselves. Absolutely. And so what we noticed in the passage was that there's all these Pharisees who are looking at people the way that we just described. Mm. And then we have Jesus. And when they start to respond to him and they say, hey, you know, what's going on here? Why are you hanging out with these people? His response is that it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. And yeah. I've come to call not the righteous, but the unrighteous to repentance. And and what he was saying in that is, is that he sees people in a different way. Hmm. Uh, he sees people through the eyes of a doctor. And I think it would do us well to follow that example and see people in that way. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that we think that we're the doctor and we're the ones that can fix things because we're, yep. we're not the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is the doctor. We just happen to know him. But what I mean is that we should be looking at people with a care and a concern and a, a desire to help serve them and make things better. You know, when I, when I think of... Um, 
you know those like hospital shows when you see there's always this like great dilemma when a person who's done something terrible comes into the operating room and the sure. question is are the doctors going to help them mm-hmm. and doctors have this thing that you know it's the, the the oath the hippocratic oath that they that they give that they will serve and help people when they're in need doesn't matter who they are or what their background is or what they've gone through or whatever yeah and if doctors can do that imperfectly uh jesus does that perfectly where he he looks at people and actually sees uh, uh develops a care and a concern for them and, mm-hmm. a, and a desire to help them get better yeah. and i think for us if we could get our minds off of ourselves and start seeing people in a different light that would begin to change the way that we look at the dangers of maybe inviting someone that I don't know either into my home or even out for coffee. Yeah. Um, that would be a first step. Yeah. But the second thing I would say, so the first thing you're asking, okay, so how do we sort of get to that place where we can move past our fears and all those things? The first thing is the way we see people. Mm-hmm. The second thing, we have to be convinced that the good news of the gospel is actually good news. Yeah. We need to like, in our hearts, be so convinced that 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 this good news is fantastic that we can't help but share it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing I think that we we touched on as we thought a little bit more about this idea. Jesus is a it, he he's a perfect picture of who God is, and when he comes to Earth, he starts going directly to the people who need him most. Yeah, and I think that that love that's on display should be absolutely inspiring. Absolutely, uh, and I think. Um, I think we have to be ready to allow this good news and allow Jesus to rearrange our priorities pretty significantly. Yeah. I think some of us, especially those of us who've been around the church for a while, we're kind of like, yep, this is a framework we live in. Good news is good news. Jesus is great. I believe in mission. I believe in doing all this things. You know, reading the Bible is important. I go to church regularly. But I also, you know, we've got these family things we need to do. We've got these things. I'm an introvert, so I need a certain amount of time to rest. I like these things. I've got these hobbies. Uh, And it's really easy to let our schedules crowd out any time for hospitality. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I find it in myself so often. Yeah. Um, It's easy to just... There's, there's good reasons why I don't invite people over. There's good reasons why I'm like, I need a little bit of space. And rest is important. Sabbath is super important. There's no denying that. But... But if we actually believe this stuff, we have to allow it to become habitual in a way. It's fascinating to me. So my wife and I, um, Rachel and I, we talk about hospitality often and it's something we, she loves to cook. Um, And I'm wonderfully thankful for that. And she cooks really well and we love having people over. Uh, But we're both introverts. We don't, you know, it's not like, yay, people over all the time. And at first, our kids, when we started having people over more regularly, our kids would be like, no, we don't want anyone over, right? It kind of messes with family schedules Mm -hmm, and things. mm -hmm. And then we're at the point now, we're at the beginning of the week, Clara and Asher will be like, who's coming over this week? Ah, can someone come over tonight? Can't we have someone over? Like they've... Mm -hmm. And kids are so quick to pick up on these things. They, they're seeing the value in it. They're realizing it's fun. Um, and it's becoming part of our habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are days where we invite, we've invited someone over and Rachel and I will look at each other and be like, we don't want to see anyone right now. We just mm-hmm. want to have a quiet evening at home. Mm-hmm. And yet, because the good news is good news, yeah. um, because we believe in this, we have people over and we never regret it, right? We never think like, oh, that was terrible. It's always this this wonderful opportunity. Um, I mean, there's, there's tons of barriers to, to getting there. What do you, what do you, do you have some responses to some of those barriers? What if the, um, 
you know, there's, there's often yeah. fear that you're going to be judged that your, your house isn't clean enough. Your cooking isn't good enough. You don't really know what to say. You're not good socially. Yeah. I, I, I think, well, I think one of the best ways to overcome those, those thoughts is to get to a point where you realize everybody thinks the same thing. Okay. You know, yeah. like, and I think that, sure. you know, so, um, inviting someone over to your house and not getting ready for them particularly in mm. terms of like, you know, not cleaning things up to the point, like just, just invite them into your space the way that it is. And yeah. then maybe ordering pizza rather than cooking for them. Mm -hmm. Something like that, I think takes the pressure off, not only you, but it takes the pressure off your neighbor or the person that you've invited over. Because what happens in these cases invariably is that the person feels like they owe you and now they got to repay you. Hmm. And then it becomes this like, oh, this dance of like, you know, how elaborate can I make this dinner? And, you know, what can I cook that is, you know, yeah. so outstanding and all that kind of stuff. But I think that just being together is the point. And if you like to cook, then fill your boots, go for it. Yeah. But if you, if you're not a cook, it doesn't mean that you can't have people into your life or mm -hmm. into your house. If, if you're an introvert, it doesn't mean that you can't, um, you can't, uh, you know, have a conversation with somebody. In fact, sometimes a one-on-one -on -one conversation is much better for an introvert in terms of a smaller, uh, setting. So the, the thing that I think is important for us to realize is that, that hospitality is commanded, hmm. right? And I mean, in the, in the new Testament, uh, in in Romans uh, Romans twelve that talks about uh, you know this this idea of transforming our minds it says it yeah. you know in verse twelve or chapter twelve it says therefore basically in Romans everything up to chapter twelve is all the theology after twelve is the is the um, is the the application of it and he says therefore in view of all of this in view of God's love in view of His mercy do this 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 oh and offer hospitality. Mm -hmm. And sometimes yeah. we just rush over that and say, yeah. oh, yeah, well, hospitality is me being nice to my friends. No, no, no. What He's talking about welcoming people who are not like you. Yeah. How often do you do that? Now, some people are going to do it more often and some people are going to do it left. I, I, I certainly wouldn't want people to feel like they've somehow failed because they didn't have people over to their house every week for sure. you know, the next two years. Yeah. Um, but I think a small step for anybody is a big one. Yep. So what I would say to someone is like, if you're at work and you're going out for lunch, take somebody with you. Hmm. That's yep. simple, yep. right? Um, you know, if if someone, if if you begin a conversation with someone that's a little more serious, this happens so often where you're, you know, maybe you're out in the driveway and you have a conversation with a neighbor and you say something like, um, you know, oh, something is, um, you know, something has come up in your neighbor's life and it's a little bit more of a serious topic. You know, often it's like, okay, how do I end this conversation and, you know, go back into my house because I've got work to do and there's something mm -hmm. going on. You know, one of the ways you could end that conversation is, you know, I'd love to talk to you more about this. Let's go get a coffee, um, you know, tomorrow night and yep. just, just continue this conversation. Yep. And then spend a whole lot of time listening. Mm -hmm. um, you don't need to uh, invite this person to church or, uh, you know, lay out the whole gospel for them. Um, mm -hmm. All you need to do is listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, again, I, I get so many of the fears around this um, are fears of being judged, right? What if, yeah. what if people think I'm, I don't keep a tidy house or things like right. that. And part of the gospel is that we're on this level playing field. We're broken. Totally. We need Jesus. Um, and sometimes the best way to show that is not in a super clean, super pretty house or being super organized or yep. cooking an elaborate meal. Sometimes the best way to show that is to show like, yeah, I've, there's brokenness and I'm wearing it pretty openly and I need Jesus. And I mean, it, it doesn't mean starting the conversation that way, but, yep. but it often, um, 
yeah, it, it looks like just being okay. I mean, totally. I think, so I'm halfway through a bathroom renter right now. So the working bathroom in my house looks half torn apart and it is, which would be a great excuse not to invite people over. Yeah. Right? Um, and I, I kind of, we have to push through and be like, no, it's okay. I'll explain it when people come over and be like, yeah, sorry about that. Don't fall through the hole in the wall. Um, but yeah, it's fine, right? Like this is just, yeah. it's, it's, and of course the tolerance level might be different for Absolutely. other people. And I understand yeah. that too. But, but, but I think what you're, what you're getting at, which is so helpful is like, is yes, that idea that we don't, um, you don't have to have everything perfect. You don't have to throw the perfect dinner party. You just yeah. need to uh, be present for somebody. Yeah. Do you want to read that question for us again? What's the uh, the question around hospitality? Yeah. I mean, the question that we should be asking ourselves on a regular basis is, am I deliberately opening my life and home to people I don't yet know? That is such a good question. Yeah. One of the things we want to do this year um, as we explore these questions, as we dive into scripture, um, as we become more hospitable, more selfless, more bold, is we want to tell these stories and we want to hear these stories. Yeah. Um, so if you if you go onto our website, compass-point.ca slash stories, there's actually a form there and an opportunity for you to uh, to tell us that story. Um, and that, that can be anonymous. It can be with your name. It can be a story that we tell broadly. It can be a story we just pray about. Um, but we want to come alongside you and encourage you and be encouraged by by the ways that God is moving in our community. Yeah, um, so absolutely. So if, if, if this is inspiring to you, if you're thinking, I'm going to take a step of hospitality, let us know how it goes. Uh, tell us, you know, it was awkward. I hated it. Tell us, oh, yeah. this was such a cool opportunity. Yep. We want to be able to, to be there and to pray alongside you. Yeah, so, we want to hear that story for sure. Yeah. Well, I think we're at the end of our time. Uh, again, season two, we're glad to be back at it. And we will see you again here next week at Postscript. Postscript.